connecting to the AOC Podcast Network. Enjoy your stay. What is AOC? What is community media? Maybe these are small questions, but they have big answers. So big, in fact, that we had to make a whole podcast about just that. The short answer is in our mission statement. Building an informed and engaged community through media, technology, and education. I'm Matt Roberts. AOC member Susanna Malbro gives insight on teaching children how to respect their elders in this week's episode of Community Quotes. Discover all of the benefits of being an AOC member by attending one of our orientation sessions. Classes are held on the first Tuesday of every month from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Register on our website at aocinc.org. So, the first question of any journalist is, or should be, would you please say and spell your name for us? All right. I'm Susanna Johnson Malbro, S-U-S-A-N-N-A-H-J-O-H-N-S-O-N-M-A-L-B-R-E-A-U-X. That's a long one. I don't know That's if I would be one. able to spell that one. <laughs> uh, uh, where did you grow up? I'm originally from Lafayette, Louisiana, and grew up here in Lafayette, so I've been here all my life. What was it like growing up in Lafayette? Uh, it was very interesting because in our neighborhood, it was a small you know, community. Uh, everybody knew everybody. Um, all the kids played together. Um, families from other households ultimately um, helped to raise each other. We had our neighborhood stores. Uh, schools were in walking distance so it was very interesting that's cool that sounds mm-hmm. like a, a cool growing yeah up. we had a you know it was pleasant i'd like to say we lived in one of the quiet the quieter neighborhoods in lafayette it was off on gilman road in washington heights and i grew up on paradise <laughs> so i always tell folks it's kind of like you know we're living in the garden of eden <laughs> that is um and so you lived in Lafayette your, your whole life? Went yes. to school here and everything? I went to school, everything. What yes. schools did you go to? In uh, initially started off at St. Paul's um, Catholic School, which is now Holy Family. Uh, from there, went to Paul Bro High School. Uh, did two years at Paul Bro, and at, you know, at the end of my second year is when integration started, and um, they ended up you know, closing the school 
and we ended up attending Lafayette High. So I did my last two years at Lafayette High, then attended uh, the University of Southwestern Louisiana. Uh, so they transitioned, they started integration in the middle of your high school career? Yes. Wow. Directly in the middle, <clears throat> yes. That was, was, was that, a, was it a difficult time? Was it difficult because it was in the middle of your high school? Was it more difficult because it was in the middle of your high school? You know what, uh, it was just difficult mainly because there was a lot of violence. Um, folks were really uh, opposed to the integration. Um, so we didn't experience any of that until, you know, we ended up attending Lafayette High. Uh, while I wasn't, um, a part of um, the violence. I was there to see a lot of the violence. I saw a lot of my friends, you know, get beat, and then I saw a lot of, you know, the white students get beat. And then it ended up occurring off campus as well. You know, I remember I used to play softball, and at one of our softball games, there was this huge, huge fight, you know. So it's just too much violence, and I don't like violence. Yeah. No, I don't think any of us do, or most of us don't. Well, some people do, <laughs> some people <laughs> which do, is yeah. why there's violence. <laughs> you were right. <laughs> uh, did, uh, what was it like going to, what, I'm sorry, what was it called again? Um, the elementary? No, the, the uh, UL. What, UL? It used to be University of Southwestern Louisiana. USL, that's Which right. is now ULL. <laughs> Uh, how was it going to, to USL at you the time? You know what, that was really interesting. First, I have to say, I did um, want to attend Southern University in Baton Rouge, um, because as we were growing up, we all knew about Southern University, and you know, we all had plans to attend Southern University, but I'm from a large family. We were 12 children, and my mother um, pretty much indicated that if you want to go to school, USL is right down the road, you go to USL. You know, so no regrets, you know, no regrets. You know, you, we all have our dreams, but ultimately attended um, USL. I enjoyed it. Um, it was interesting for me because, like I said, I'm like from a really quiet neighborhood, and then I get on USL campus, and I'm meeting folks that are involved in a number of different things. I you know, got involved with sports and, you know, different activities and got to see and meet so many people from other places. Um, and that was really interesting. So I kind of flowed in that, but, you know, doing my homework was really important, you know, to me as well. Um, so I had a, a, a really good time. I started off majoring in home economics and education, which is some of the things that I enjoyed. I enjoyed cooking, which I still do that now. Um, and then the home economics uh, portion of it, because I'd sew, I'd make a lot of my clothes as we did growing up. Uh, so I was interested in teaching other people, young, young folks, how you know, to sew. But that just brought out that creativity in me that helped to make me the person that I am today. Well, who is the person you are today? What do you do today? <laughs> What's your passion? Well, you know, my passion is helping people, getting involved in the community. Um, I like that. and. My husband, God rest his soul, would always tell me, you're more involved in the community than anything else. You do more for the community than you do at home. And, and he was right, you know. I mean, I didn't see that until later, but as I started getting involved in the community, probably in my early 30s, 
because I was working in banking at the time and had not had an opportunity to, you know, get involved in the community. I didn't know what was going on. And once I did uh, start attending and finding out what was going on in the community and maybe where my passion was, um, I just started enjoying it. I started finding out um, who needed what, um, why it was important, you know, to help people that couldn't help themselves. Um, so I just thought that I could get out there and, and do that. And practically every job I've had, at the time I, I ran a nonprofit and I remember, you know, folks um, asking me, well, why did I want to work for that nonprofit? And I said, because there are so many people that need help. It was rehabbing houses and I felt that, you know, I got to see a lot of our seniors and elderly people living in de deplorable conditions. Um, so that, that drives me. It drove me to help move the organization, you know, so that I can continue uh, to help people. So I still do that today. I still attend different meetings, maybe not as much as I used to because the thing that you have to start reminding yourself and it's hard to do when you're committed is to say no. Because once you're involved, um, everybody wants, you know, your assistance. Everybody wants your help. Everyone's calling for you. And it was hard for me to say no. And so then I just started to get so overburdened and overwhelmed with so much and then just really started to realize that I wasn't being effective as I could be because I, I was spreading myself too thin. And while I would have loved to continue helping everybody that asked, I just had to start saying no and just start to prioritize where I wanted to be and where I, I needed to be. So that doesn't happen overnight. You grow into that. <laughs> Well, and unfortunately, as you grow into that, that means we lose some of your service you uh, do, throughout but... the community. Well, so what I was going to ask is, um, what uh, do you have maybe any words of encouragement or advice to, to the young adults who are going to have to come and learn to say no eventually? And, you know, that's what I, um, I've always uh, considered myself a person that, you know, teaches other people. Um, if I know it, it's okay, you know, to let other people know it. So that's one of the things I learned in, in banking. You know, you may learn something, but you need to share that knowledge with other people, whether you're in management or, or not, and specifically in management. So every job I've had, I've always seen myself training and developing young folks. So I do that as I'm out in the community, you know, more on a one-on-one -on -one basis. If I'm talking to someone, I'll be observant of how involved they are. And if I see that they're involved in maybe a lot, maybe too much, I'll kind of remind them, you know, it's like really, it's good to be involved. But if you, you know, stretch yourself really thin, you're not really being as effective as you could. So that's the one thing I would tell young folks today, you know, decide what your passion is or be observant of what your passion is and start to prioritize where you can offer your assistance. And once you do that, then you'll be, you'll be more effective and uh, you'll make more of an impact in the community because it's not a matter of being involved in more organizations than you can imagine. You know, um, letting everybody know that you're out there, you may be out there, but you're not being effective. You know, and if we want our community to, to be better, then we need to uh, be about being very effective and you know con continue to be passionate you know about helping our neighborhood 
and make Lafayette the best that it could be. Is there anything that's on the top of your list of priorities right now? I'm involved in a number of organizations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm involved in a number of organizations, but that's okay because I've prioritized it. Um, you know, I serve um, uh, right now, currently, I'm the vice chair of uh, LCVC, Lafayette Visitors and Convention, Lafayette Convention and Visitors uh, Commission. And I like that because that's tourism. That's my, that was my background as far as the last jobs that I had managing hotels. So I like tourism and I like having input in that. The other thing is education. Uh, currently I chair the uh, LAPESC, Lafayette Parish Public Education Stakeholders Council. And that's just a number of uh, different organizations that are focused on improving education you know, in our community. So, that's at the top of the forefront uh, for me. Uh, and then just another, with the, the Black Chamber of Commerce, uh, recently renewed my subscription. And then I publish a magazine. Um, it's called The Southern View, which is focused on uh, providing positive stories and focusing on people that are doing things in the community, uh, just trying to inspire and encourage people, uh, mainly African Americans, uh, to let them know that there are, in fact, role models in the community. Um, so that's a passion of mine. I do it. I don't get paid for it. Um, I just love doing it. Some people think I get paid. Oh, you got this magazine, Susanna. Yeah, I have this magazine. But you know what? It's kind of like a me, myself, and I with my daughter. I, I have contributing writers. And uh, my daughter, Nicole, edits. I publish and try to make sure that it's out at least um, every other month. Uh, just to tell the stories, um, positive things. It doesn't focus on anything negative. I don't want to talk about violence or anything like that because I think there's enough of that in our community. So that's where I am now. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you for doing all that. You're welcome. Uh, now, I know you, you, it sounds like you love everything that you do and, and all the things you do. Is there anything you do in like your downtime, something for fun or hobbies or anything? I don't think I know what fun is, but that is fun. <laughs> well, you know, um, I enjoy photography, which delves directly into the magazine. So usually when I'm attending different events, um, I'm taking pictures, um, I'm videoing. Uh, one of my friends usually tells me, Susanna, he said, you've got the history of everything that's going on in Lafayette, especially in the African-American community, um, because I attend a lot of events and, um, and I, I, like I said, I video a lot of events and a lot of times I'll share that and the magazine helps me to get that out to the community as well but I was almost born with a camera in hand uh, so that was one of my professions at one time um, but I still enjoy taking pictures and that's a fun thing and then I am retired uh, for the most part I work part-time but I am retired so my goal now as I'm I am retired is to try to to get out and travel a little bit. And I've, you know, had an opportunity to do a little bit of that. Not a lot, but I do have this one trip that I already pre-planned. And when this gentleman called, he was try like trying to sell me something. And, and then I said, I know it's your job. You know, you have to promote this. You have to, you know, try to sell this to people. I said, but you know what, right now this is an easy sell because I don't normally travel. And I said, you know what you just did? You gave me an opportunity to do something that I should have been doing a long time ago. And I bought that vacation package 
And in the summer, you know, God say the same, I'm looking to take that trip, probably bring my daughters and granddaughter with me and get out of Lafayette. So I'm looking for it. <laughs> That's awesome. That was great of you to give him such an easy sale too. Probably his best That's call. That's why I said, look, you're not selling anything, okay? You're just helping me to decide that I need to start doing something for me. And that's a good thing. That's awesome. A serendipitous call. Um, now you said that uh, in almost every position you're in, you're, you're a teacher and you're teaching people things. Was there someone uh, from your childhood that stands out as like a mentor uh, for you? Um, when I look back, I think my grandmother. Um, I kind of remember following her to different meetings, which is how I got to know some of the folks in our community to begin with. When I started attending meetings, they were like, oh, you're, you're Miss Mary's granddaughter. You're Mary's granddaughter. You're Mary's granddaughter. You're Mary's. I'm like, yeah. And then it dawned on me that I was tagging along with her at community meetings um, and didn't know, you know, any, I was just tagging along. and. I uh, realized over the years that she was very important to them. A lot of the folks, she'd write prayers for the different meetings. And, and I remember kind of going through some of our paperwork to find some of the prayers that she had actually written. So she's the one that would stand out. And um, I think she's the one that uh, is that driving force behind me getting involved in the community. And I think about that, you know, when I'm out there, you know, that she did that for me. That's awesome and, and lucky to have. Um, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you're involved with AOC. So how did you first get involved with AOC? AOC, years ago when I was working for um, this nonprofit, uh, getting involved in the community, I met John Bess. And John Bess and I had gotten together and we just wanted to talk about what was going on in the community. So we ended up coming up, coming up with a show. It was uh, Lab, uh, Meet Lab, Lafayette Area Action Board, something, something, uh, yeah, Lafayette Area Action Board. And it was about talking about the issues in the African-American community. And uh, then we got that show and we interviewed people. And we were, we did that for like a number of years. And then my life went into a different direction, but John stayed with AOC. So he's been here a lot longer than me. And then now um, he's got Voices of African Americans. So he's always excited. Like if I'm like, John, I said, I need to come and talk about such and such. And he's like, yeah, then he's like, so he's so humble because he's always like, Susanna and I were like in AOC, you know, way back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, that, that's great that he remembers that. You know, so that's, those are my humble beginnings with AOC. And um, then I've always just been involved. I used to operate the cameras and uh, for other folks. Um, so I would direct, I'd produce. And so I've had an opportunity to do all of it. And uh, the one time when I was thinking about hosting something for myself, I'll, I'll tell you guys, it's, um, it was uh, concerning women, young ladies too. You know, so I started that, did like a couple of episodes, and uh, then I, and I even it was so good that one of the callers were like, "We could do like a, a intro song and stuff for you," but unfortunately, my life took a different turn, and I wasn't able to get that started. It's still like on a 
a back burner, but I think I still kind of cover some of that in the magazine because I'm always focusing in, on women and what's going on you know, with women. So if there is something going on with AOC um, that I'm usually here, don't mind being a guest. Uh, and I remember it was so wonderful. I think it was um, earlier this year with the tax. I said, I'd like to get some people together, you know, and he helped and we did this, you know, show that aired just like that. As soon as I said, let's do it. And he thought it was a really good idea because I think he's awesome in trying to get as much information on AOC because we all have these ideas and, you know, it's great to be able to share that with the community. So I have a passion for AOC. <laughs> you should come do that show again. I should, and I was actually just talking about it to someone else because there's some women in the community that I would like to, to interview. I kind of do that, okay, uh, if Ed's watching, then Ed knows that I've got some shows that are sitting at home that he's waiting for me to bring to ALC. <laughs> because with the magazine, I interview my the folks that I'm interested in focusing on. So I'll interview them, convert it to a written article, and that's how, because I'm not a writer. I don't even claim to be a writer, but I can interview people. And I've, I have so much, and I told Ed, I said, I'm going to get that to you. I'm going to get that to you. Well, I did good because I did burn them to CD, filled out the forms and everything. I probably need to bring what I have already. So then look forward to some new shows. <laughs> Excellent. Um, and, yeah, reach out because uh, I'm really passionate about teaching uh, young women how to be tech crews because, as you can see, it's a lot of us guys right. in it. Uh, and we need to diversify that market. So I've, there's a good uh, crop of young students who are uh, interested in learning and helping. Yeah, it's a good thing to to know how to operate, you know, the cameras. It is. Yeah. There's so much you can end up, you know, capturing in the community, especially with the festivals and things along that line. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, what? Uh, I think you gave me a lot of good stuff on AOC. So, what are you looking forward to for the rest of 2017? Hmm. Um, the rest of 2017, still focusing in on health. Um, I've recently uh, been walking and exercising more, so I want to stay healthy. And one of um, my coworkers um, got me involved with some challenges. I've got that Fitbit. You know, so she's like, gosh, you're really walking, Suzanne. I said, I love a challenge. So, you know, while I was, you know, walking on my own, you know, not knowing what other people were doing, if I walked a lot, fine. If I met my goal, fine. But then all of a sudden, there's like eight women. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm at the bottom because I, I came in late. And I'm like, oh, no, we're going to pump this up. So, you know, being healthy, eating healthy. Um, you know, as we get towards the end of the year, we do have an election with the state treasurer, so it would be good to um, get out. I am with um, one of the one well, with the Democratic Parish Executive Committee. Uh, so our goal is to get folks registered to vote and get folks, you know, out when it's time to, you know, to vote. Um, so that's a, a good thing there, and spend some time with. Um, my family and then as you start talking about the end of the year 
the holidays are there, which I always think is a wonderful time. Uh, it is a time when families get together. So I'll be looking forward um, to that. And then just interacting with people in the community, um, some of the committees that I mentioned you know, to you. And uh, just hoping that we can survive more uh, of these natural disasters that are out there. Um, and then, you know, I, I would just like, not even just for me, but for everybody to um, really get along, you know, um, start respecting each other um, because I think enough people don't do enough of that. And I think some people don't understand what it is to respect people, whether it's your elder, your brother, your sister, mother, manager, or what have you. I, I've seen, you know, over this past year that there have just been too many people that have been just disrespectful and to me I don't care what your race is, what color you are, if you're male, you know, female, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, or what have you. Um, we just need to treat people as human beings um, whether we agree or not. Um, I'd like to see our, our young people um, maybe just um, really start respecting not only other people, but themselves. Um, and if we could get back to uh, family values, um, I think if we could get back to some family values, maybe we'll start to see some things improve, not only in our, in our neighborhoods or our community, but you know, hopefully across the world because there's just too much hate going on right now. Uh, you'd said, and, and maybe family values is the answer, uh, but you, you mentioned that there's a lot of disrespect going on. So I was going to ask, what, what would be the thing that you would tell those, those people that are disrespecting to like nudge them on the path of respect? How would you get them to that, that point where they value respect? Um, it would be good if we could get out into the parents and talk to the parents about that because that does start in the home. Um, I think back in when we were growing up, there is no way we could be disrespectful to my mother or my father or anyone else. You know, like we couldn't be disrespectful to my grandmother. I remember my mother and dad being very upset when one of my siblings was being disrespectful to my grandmother and they wouldn't allow it. So, you know, that was not an option in our, in our family. Um, so how do, you, how do you reach the young folks that want to get out? And I don't think they know everything that they're maybe fighting or they're upset about. Um, just slow it down just a little bit. Be patient. Get all the information. Um, stop following other people. Just because someone's doing something that doesn't make it right. And sometimes I don't think um, if they know that some of the people that are doing some of the things is for their own um, political gain or their own agenda, you know, so slow things down just a, a little bit and you'll have a better appreciation maybe for what's going on and try not to be a follower um, because it, not everybody can be a leader. Um, but you know, everybody at some point, even leaders, are followers. I'm a leader, but I follow other people too. 
but I, before I follow, I question. So sometimes it is okay, it is okay, you know, to question why someone's doing something, you know, before you, you know, you make that leap. Because once you do that, you know, you probably could have gone in a direction that you didn't even see coming. And then how do you get out of it? You know, so we need to get, we need to get back to that. Uh, we need to have um, more respect in the schools, um, in the homes, and that's one of the things we talk about, you know, with um, Lopez going um, discipline, maybe, maybe a lot more discipline needs to take place and needs to happen. It's okay to discipline. It's kind of like military, um, you know, these guys are, you know, and thank them for serving, you know, are disciplined, you know, and there's nothing wrong with discipline because we got disciplined and I disciplined my kids and, you know, I always like to go back and say, Nicole used to call me an old meanie. I said, yeah, but look how you turned out. You know, <laughs> you're respectful. Um, you know, you don't disrespect me. We may not agree, but you know, you don't disrespect me. So it works. So it's okay. You know, so I think we need to get to that. And uh, I don't want to say everybody come together. I don't like that term. It's a cliche because it's, it's so loose, you know, but folks need to start focusing in on some of the things that that really matter and the things that matter and pertain to and affect this community. You know, we can't change the whole world, but if we start in our own neighborhoods, we can make a big impact. That is some great advice. <laughs> I love that slow it down, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, let's, uh, maybe some fun questions now. Hmm. Uh, are you, uh, do you listen to music at all? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, then, uh, what bands or artists would you include in your all-time favorite playlist? Well, right now, practically, uh, the only thing I listen to is Paul Hardcastle Jazz Masters, oh. okay? Mainly because um, it's very relaxing, um, and a lot of the music is instrumental. So I can listen to that while I'm at work or while I'm at home if I'm working on the computer, okay? Uh, but I grew up listening to Motown um, because a lot of people don't realize it. I think they start to find out if ever they see me out, but I love to dance, you know? And folks are like, you don't look like you can dance, Susanna. And then they see me out on the dance floor and I'm out there cutting, you know, cutting the rug. But, you know, Marvin Gaye, you know, The Temptations, um, um, well, the Jackson 5, Michael, you know, with his off the wall is like my favorite um, of his music. While he has a lot of good music, off the wall, I think to me, um, was when he was at his best and I enjoyed a lot of that. Um, Heat Wave, um, I don't know if I said the Commodores, Barry White, um, as it, the average white band. and. Uh, I got into the Bee Gees, you know, uh, loving that dancing, the disco nights and things along that line. Um, so I, I don't have like one genre for the most part um, because I've listened to so many different types. I mean, when I was younger, I could, you know, think back to listening to uh, Tom Jones and, you know, Paul Anka and, you know, everything, you know, and then when I hear that, I'm like, oh yeah. You know, and then I started bobbing my head, and the kids are like, you like that? I, mean, I grew up on that, <laughs> you know, but um, 
Motown, all the Motown artists, you know, Stevie Wonder and uh, so what I do now, I didn't buy, a, well, let's see, I didn't buy a lot of records when we were coming up. My brother did, and so he held on to all the albums and records and all, and then when I got married, my husband had all of that, so I never had to buy any music. They had it, so when I'm trying to find that music or maybe get back to listening to something from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, you know, then I, 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 sure, I searched YouTube, you know, because everything is on YouTube. Um, so sometimes if I feel like listening to a particular song, that's it. But when I'm driving, for the most part, Paul Hardcastle, you know, Jazz Masters, you know, those, that's what I listen to now. And then I like Jeremy Benoit, some of my local folks, <laughs> Chubby Carrier, you know, those guys, you know. Uh, I got into the, you know, Dobsey, and uh, we knew them when we were coming up, um, so we like that music, uh, the Zydeco. I don't like the Zydeco too, too much. That's me, but uh, I love people uh, dancing to Zydeco. I can bob my feet. I, I still can't get the steps. They're like, it's just like two steps, Susanna. I still can't get that Zydeco just right, but I bob my head, and I look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um... Uh... All right, we're going to do some silly job interview style questions now. Hmm. So if you were a season, which one would you be and why? Um, I'd like to be winter. Um, it's cold, and I like that I can put more clothes on and bundle up. Lovely. I think you may be one of the only winters. We had a, an only summer recently. Most, really? A lot of people do fall or spring. Because they have their toes in both, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what What is your superpower? Wow, I read minds. <laughs> <laughs> that is a good superpower. Um, all right, this one's probably going to be a hard one, but what mm. achievement are you most proud of? Um, I guess personal would be my children. That's, you know, to be a mother, you know, to have, you know, those little ones um, a part of you, to develop them, you know, some little mini-me's, so. Even if they called you Miss Meanie. Of course. <laughs> I remind them of that. Remember, you used to call me Meanie, you know, yeah, you know, because I'm like, Whatever they need, whatever I can do, you know, your kids, to me, you know, they'll always be my kids, my children, you know, and I keep my, I have like my oldest, she'll be like, well, you're always helping Russell. I said, I helped you when you needed help, and when you get to that point and you need help again, I'll be there to help you. At one point, he won't need my help, but as long as my kids are there, if they need something and I can help, I'll be there for them. Uh, what uh, what would you say to young parents who are maybe struggling with disciplining their kids because they're they're not liking being called Miss Meanie or whatever? Would you have any advice to give to them to get them through that moment? You know what? Um, find out what's important to your children. Don't try to give them everything just because you didn't have everything. Um, I think a lot of um, parents in my age for the most part. When we were coming up, I heard a lot of them say, well, I'm giving this to, to my kids because I didn't have it. And you end up 
spoiling them because they haven't earned anything. Um, I still get my kids to do work where, you know, they'd have an allowance. You know, they didn't just get something just because they wanted it. If I took them shopping for clothes, that even though, you know, we're supposed to take care of them and provide for them, uh, when it's extra, they need to know that they need to earn it because when they get older, um, if they haven't tried to earn it themselves, then they'll go through life expecting, you know, to be given something. But you have to earn it. So spend time finding out about your kids. Give them the things that uh, they need, not the things they want. Excellent. All right, I have one more question for you. Sometimes <laughs> it's tricky, so if you got to pass, you have to pass. I understand. Uh, can you describe yourself in three words? Gorgeous, fabulous, sexy. There it is. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending this time with us today. We really appreciate it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> AOC Community Media is looking for volunteers interested in supporting the community while gaining new skills as part of a project called Take On Lafayette. Volunteers, either individually or as part of a crew, will choose assignments according to their interests and then record non-commercial local events on behalf of community organizations. AOC is accepting volunteers of all levels, from beginners to professionals. Volunteers who join the Take On Lafayette crew will receive free on-assignment coaching and free access to necessary equipment. Content recorded and edited by volunteer crew members will ultimately be seen on AOC's two television channels, Cox Communications 15 and 16, and LES Fiber 3 and 4, as well as online. To sign up as a volunteer, email aoc at info at aocinc.org. is produced by AOC Community Media. Contributors include Othello Andrus, Mary Bodwin, Ed Bowie, Lillian Dejon, Annette Diaz, Joe Boosie Ferguson, Nancy Judice, Joseph Klesanen, William McFarlane, Matt Roberts, Skip Shannon, Christy Tracy, Jasmine Tillery, Jacob White, and Shahid Williams. Music in today's episode, Luna's Little Friend, Ukulele Instrumental by Ivan Shu. Yurikosh Key by Nagno. The Long Goodbye by John Pazdan. AOC Community Media is located at the Rosa Parks Transportation Center, 101 Jefferson Street, Suite 100, Lafayette, Louisiana, 70501. For more information, go to our website at aocinc.org. Call 337-232-4434 or email info at aocinc.org. Until next time, stay informed and engaged.